Hello, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen here to tell you to listen to the Rough House podcast, hosted by Christoph and Marty Housen. Very good. You both got the Housen in there. Listen to the podcast or up yours. Anyways, have a nice time. Love that, Dan Housen. Listen to this podcast. It's very nice, very evil. The Rough House podcast, Housen. Yes. Dan Housen is so powerful. Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Roughhouse Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their warhammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task, complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 262 for January 30th, 2022. I am Marty. And I am Kristoff, and I do not like WWE. <laughs> I do not like it in a car. I do not like it from afar. I do not like it. Would you watch it in a bar? Uh, n- I don't think I would at this point. <laughs> would you sit down and play sitar? Uh, you know what? I would rather teach myself how to play sitar than sit through another WWE uh, special event uh, or whatever <laughs> the fuck they're calling them. Uh, live oh. event. Yeah. Pre- yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a superfluous adjective there uh. because there was nothing – about last night, as we're recording this, uh, last night's Royal Rumble. Yes, that was premium. All right, let's, let, fucking let, let, nothing. Let's hit some audio real quick, just so we get him out of the way. The World Wrestling Federation. Mm. What I would have given for that theme to be blaring, as vintage. If you know, it was 1992 all over again. Yes, yeah. folks. Uh, one of the Halcyon Big Four, the the original yeah. pay per view extravaganzas of the WWE, and I will say, up until this year, the <laughs> most can't miss, can't screw up, can't fuck up event of the year, the Royal Rumble is in the books on a Saturday night. It mm-hmm. aired uh, a rare Saturday show, although it looks like based on the the schedule for 2022, these are going to be coming more and more common. Uh, if you believe the numbers announced by WWE, 44,000 plus <laughs> screaming <do> fans uh, <laughs> in St. Louis in uh, their, I, I forget the, the specific name of the arena, but it's a dome that, according to locals, uh, this is the first event that's been there in a very long time. And, oh, shocker. Uh, no one knows what event will be there next. Anyway, you slice it. Most likely last night was a super spreader event. <laughs> well, we shall see. Uh, I, I think w- uh, one of my favorite moments during uh, the absolutely horrendous pre-show. If you didn't catch the kickoff show, folks, great news. You missed an hour of five idiots talking about nothing. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent that uh, with some video packages and some cosplay, uh, people cosplaying as uh, Papa Shango and Bret Hart behind them. But that yes. was a. Uh, that was about it. Like, didn't they used to have matches on pre-shows? They, they definitely did. Uh, uh, up to and as recently as day one, uh, the pay-per-view on Jan 1st, uh, they had a pre-show match. None here. Instead, they decided to try to, to talk about their terrible storylines and writing Ugh. as if it were ESPN-level uh, uh, analysis. Uh, Caleb yeah. Braxton, the yeah. incredibly Irish Kevin Patrick. Oh, and, tragically Irish. Uh, yes. Uh, Peter Rosenberg, who may yeah. or may not still be paying to be on the show. And of course, Booker T and Jerry the King Lawler, WWE God. Hall of Famers, rambling on about nothing while they play the video packages. They're just going to rerun later in the show. And yeah. they did. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I got to say, though, my favorite part of that. Uh, just talking about uh, stupid fan-related shit, especially when it comes to COVID. A gentleman, uh, while Peter Rosenberg was rambling on about something, a gentleman realizing he was on camera, so he took down his mask to throw up the metal fingers. That's right. He had nothing to say, but had to take down his mask to show his hand gesture. Super brutal for uh, a moron. So way to go, moron. Solid work, Missouri. Your public schools (laughs) have clearly churned out nothing but the best. Um, 
Then we proceeded to have a four-hour live event. I did not expect this to go to midnight, Chris. I thought we were going to a crisp 11p. Well, there's no reason it needed to. Even with as few matches as they had, the non... Well, every match, Rumble matches included, went long. Uh, You know, it seemed like... I don't know if the men's rumble just seemed long because I wasn't into it or and I didn't know half the people or care about half the people or, you know, 75 uh, percent of the people had zero chance of winning. Uh, we'll get into that. Yeah, um, we, we will it, absolutely get into it because there's a, a lot to talk about when it comes to the makeup of these 30 person rumbles. Who was there? Who wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, so on. But, but um, the other matches went fucking long too. The mixed tag match went forever long. Yeah, Doudrop and Becky felt Lynch like it. went forever long. Uh, and then you know the shenanigans in the Lashley Blesner match, and I think the most concise and best performed match was the kickoff match with uh, Rollins and Reigns up until the finish. Exactly. Uh, so show kicks off. Roman Reigns, your WWE Universal Champion, is the first out, which right. uh, got me all in my druthers. Yeah, your uh, panties were all twisted. Yes, about the champion coming <laughs> out first, which um, I, I don't have many things that I feel are unassailable in the world of, of uh, sports entertainment. But God damn it, champion comes out second. Yes. But there is a point and purpose for this, kind of. So Roman comes out, takes the world's longest stroll from the backstage <laughs> area to the ring as his uh, undetermined composer theme blasts over the arena speakers. Mm-hmm. He does his fancy new, well, new, it's part of his heel gimmick, which he's had for like a year and change. He does his fancy one finger up gesture um, to a mixed response overall from the crowd. Like they popped as if they were seeing a big star, which they were, cause he's the only sure. star of the current era who wasn't made in a prior one. Uh, and you know, cheers and booze alike because he is the top heel, the top face and top everything. And everyone else will be rendered beneath the foot of Rome. Um, <laughs> so he's in the ring and then all of a sudden Roman Reigns other theme hits. And by that, right. I mean, the shield theme hits and uh, who is in uh, the random stairwells of this gigantic stadium, but Seth quote unquote, Seth freaking Rollins, Mm -hmm. who uh, if you like our buddy, Chris have not seen WWE programming in recent memory has just turned into the Joker with the serial numbers filed off. Uh, he was dressed as if he was the architect of the shield. He had his, you know, tack vest and everything did not bother to dye his hair because why go all the way when you can half ass it? That was a little bit of a disappointment. I'm like, come on, man. What's a little, there's a little silver streak in the hair. Just commit. He did the flip over the barricade thing and you know, the whole, the whole thing aside from the hair. And it is a little disappointing. Like, come Uh, on. And, and what I thought was particularly interesting was the generally insipid commentary of Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. God damn it. Pat McAfee could be really good if he were somewhere else. Um, (laughs) But the generally insipid commentary uh, talking about the history of the shield McAfee feeling perfectly fine with calling him Mox every time he referenced it while Michael Cole uh, kept calling him Dean Ambrose. So I'm sure Vince was yelling in the McAfee's ears. I, I've, I've heard tell that McAfee does have people yelling in his ears that he ignores. So, uh, well, I mean, you know, why wouldn't you? I mean, look, I've been in that position of the guy yelling into the ear and getting ignored. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I, 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 well, I don't want to say I commiserate with the people yelling into the ears cause yeah. you know, they're likely terrible people, but, uh, but yeah, I, I feel that pain. I feel like luckily, you know, I went over, uh, Derek's house, like a lad. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. For the, uh, for the rumble. And luckily there were, everybody was talking amongst themselves throughout the entirety of the pay-per-view. So I didn't really get a chance, thankfully to listen to the commentary. But what I did hear is that Pat McAfee is trying really hard to be like a Bobby, the brain type. He very uh, much is. Dang. And and the the thing I have to say about him, because I know a lot of people don't like him. I, I feel like if he were funneled properly 
Uh-huh. Much as we've seen from countless WWE talent who shit the bed in the main roster, they go yeah. to your Ring of Honors, your Impacts, your AEWs, your New Japans, and it's like, oh shit, that guy was there all along? I mm-hmm. feel like Pat McAfee, 100%, if he were in a different situation, if he weren't having certain phrases, you know, underlined to him, even right. though, as I was stating earlier, it's pretty clear at times he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to say whatever. I, I feel like... He he is a moldable clay that could be great. He wants to be good, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a feeling I've gotten for most of the talking heads behind the booth uh, in WWE programming since you know Jim Ross left. Fair. Um, I, there, there's definitely this this aura around him of I want to be good at my job. Yeah. Um, but all in all, not great. This match. You had two of the top guys in the company for sure. as much as I may shit talk about how Roman's the only guy, you know, uh, if there if the top tier is Roman and Brock on the men's mm-hmm. side and then a whole bunch of nothing, <laughs> one of the first people in that tier underneath the bunch of nothing is Seth Rollins and yeah. Seth can get it done. These guys had a very good, very solid WWE main event match. Yes. Complete with, you know, uh, a power bomb through the announce table and mm-hmm. every single shortcut you've seen since the attitude era was in play here. Yeah. Everybody had their, you know, their, their special moves. They, they were bringing back the Thunderdome era dialogue in the ring, uh, yeah. which no one in the arena can hear, but we at home get to have turned up for us yeah. for acting reasons. Uh, and, uh, here's how the finish went. Uh, Seth Rollins going for one of his finishers because, of course, it's a WWE match. You have to go through your, for your finishers yeah. for it to be the actual finish. Uh, he's going for the curb stomp while the crowd was chanting "Burn it down" because he was the face here, even though he's been uh, you know crazy heel on the mm-hmm. Raw side. Um, Reigns blocked it. There are a bunch of counters. Roman Reigns hit the spear before Reigns could hit the spear. Seth Rollins started laughing maniacally and offered him a shield-esque fist bump, mm-hmm. which, of course, brought up feelings. Oh, yeah. As and we know, the, feelings are bad, Chris. Well, that's that's where the acting, capital yes. A, ensued. Yes. So uh, Reigns locks on the guillotine choke. Uh, roll, uh, they roll while in the choke. They're right by the ropes. Uh, what happens is... Uh, uh, little Nate Charles Robinson grabs the hand of Seth Rollins. He's doing the three count, you know, to pick mm-hmm. up to see if he's knocked out. While he lets go, Seth's hand hits the rope and he grabs it, meaning mm-hmm. he, it would be a rope break. Yeah. He starts, uh, Little Nate starts counting one, two, three, four, five. Roman doesn't break the hold. There's a DQ and the wet fart is unleashed. On St. Louis. <laughs> yes, the the first of many wet farts of the evening. It, it's just... Why? I mean, is, is, is the short of the answer, or short of the question there, is, is fucking why? I mean... If the intent is to run Seth versus Roman again in some version, pr- uh, presumably in Saudi Arabia... I don't know. Have Roman win and then Seth torture him on SmackDown on Friday. And goad him into a rematch or something. Right. Or fuck it. Have Seth win and then you can figure out some other way to do what you did in the Rumble and, and, you know, have Roman get a shot at the World Championship. Now, granted, of course, they they wanted to do what they wanted to do in the World Championship match. So I guess somebody was like, oh, no, well, we can't do our big dramatic twist. So... Ugh, All this gets sacrificed at the altar of Roman and the altar of storytelling, and we get fuck all, uh, unfortunately. It, it, it was a match. Uh, th- this reminded me a lot of from uh, the Rumble last year, the I Quit match between uh, Owens and Roman Reigns. Great match, and then an absolute uh, yeah. dog shit finish that makes everyone look stupid. That was the handcuff one, right? Yes. Yes, it Yeah, was. that's stupid. Incredibly stupid, and uh, I just want to point out, where was calling things in kayfabe then, when instead we have to use them to totally rebook the rumble on the fly? More on that later. (laughs) 
So uh, we went right into the Women's Royal Rumble, which uh, I didn't expect to be so early, especially with some of the rumors that had been flying over the course of the week in terms of special appearances and so on. But we went right into the Women's Royal Rumble, and number one was Sarsha Banks popping up. Sarsha Ronan Banks. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Popping up as The little woman herself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, uh, Hey, uh, props to the gear looked good. Uh, got her weeb cred. Very, very strong. Yeah. On this Saturday evening and number two NWA and impact zone Melina. Yeah. Wow. Who looked like had a little bit of trouble getting her, uh, her entrance gear off. Cause yes. the camera kept looking on at Sasha Banks, looking on at Melina <laughs> and also yeah. a lot of, uh, unnecessary crowd shots. And yeah. That, it, that jacket was not coming off easy. Yeah. Um, kind of hilarious, but yeah, that's, I mean, okay. Melina. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll dig into what happened and I'll tell you what the plan apparently was. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, they're the first two. They're looking back and forth at each other. Melina's crying in the ring, Yeah, which I don't, I don't understand. If you went back to your old catering job to do <laughs> one more catering gig, I don't think you're going to be crying about it, but that's well, just Well, if there's 40,000 people, you know, cheering for you, it might be a little, little different. Perhaps. Uh, but then uh, Melina got eliminated immediately. Yep. And here comes Tamina at three. Of all yeah. of the women in the WWE, how is Tamina still hired? I ask you. I have zero idea. It makes zero sense, uh, especially you know, with what happened with her father allegedly. Yes, maybe that has uh, something to do with it. Um, yeah. but I, t- I don't. Tamina know. was absolute dog shit in this match to the point where there were numerous times on screen her, I guess. Uh, story in the match was she kept preventing people from eliminating people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck would you do that? I, I, uh, there's, there's no reason. There's then, no reason uh, for this. Then number four was Kelly Kelly, who Ugh. did not look like Kelly Kelly. No, uh, first no. of many instances where you go. <laughs> uh, is is, is that- it? What is it? Oh, what? What happened uh, to her face and her hair and her body and everything else? So Kelly Kelly comes in, uh, still can't run the ropes, uh, and nope. had all that still fun can't stuff. do the one move she was in there to do the head, the handstand, head scissor, whatever the fuck it is yeah, thing. Still can't still, do that. Still bad. And uh, apparently, Chris, uh, according to uh, a quote I'm seeing going around the web from your buddy and mine, one Michael. P.S. Hayes. Oh, fuck that guy. But okay. Uh, P.S. stands for pissing and shitting all over himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original idea was Sasha 1, Melina 2, Tamina 3, Kelly Kelly 4, and it would be a reuniting of Team Bad versus two WWE legends. Oh, God. But they had to rework the match, and lo, Melina got eliminated within moments. (laughs) Who's pining for that? I don't fucking know, but that that to me is indicative of where of the key problem seen in this match and the men's rumble, which is there's they're they're trying to rely on nostalgia pops for uh-huh. things that no one is nostalgic for. Yeah, they are they are actively reaping what they have sowed for the past decade plus of building no one. Yeah. And they run back these people and they have to do crowd sweetening and all these other things to make it seem like it's an important moment because they make moments. Yeah. And no one gives a shit. Case in yeah. point, five, six, seven, Aaliyah, who cares? Liv Morgan, see ya. Queen Zelina, people cared more when you were trying to unionize and leave the company than yeah. you actively getting paid and being pushed. Yeah. Yep. Here we go. There it is. Yeah. And again, you know. Uh, not even going for the nostalgia pop. The the main problem is none of these people, Sans Sasha Banks at this point, have any chance of winning this match. None, none whatsoever. So you're not emo- you're not invested in it. And what was even better is Zelina comes out and eliminates Sasha Banks. Right. So then, who gives a shit about the other six people left in the ring? Right. 
or yeah. well, less than that at that Whatever. point. But still, However no one cares. People. No one cares at that point. Yeah. Oh, Aaliyah's going to go to WrestleMania? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So Bianca Belair comes out at eight. This is probably someone going, look, we can't have Sasha and Bianca in the ring at the same time. I guess because it's too much star power. I don't fucking know. Well, there so may Bianca be other reasons out, that I don't want to say out loud. She's got a she's got a big hype. And seriously, how is Bianca not a multi time world champion by now? And uh, well, anyway. again, I have an idea as to why, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and then uh, then uh, Dana Brooke or someone under FBI protection posing as Dana Brooke came out at number nine. I'm a truther now. I'm a I'm a Dana Brooke, Brooke truther. That is not Dana Brooke. It, it's sure as shit didn't look like her. It, uh, she's taller. Her <laughs> face is different. She yeah. moves differently. Yes. Her in body type is different. Not just yeah. like lose a couple pounds. Her body yeah. type is different. A, a lot more on the Dana Brooke controversy on this week's edition of yes. Schlegel Soapbox. If you have not yeah. already joined our Patreon. I'm a, tr- I'm a Dana Brooke truther now. <laughs> then Michelle McCool comes out at number 10 to do fuck all, but hang out Ugh, for a while. God. Um, McCool hitting a Styles Clash on Zelina, which just looks like she murdered a toddler. <laughs> yeah, Zelina is tiny as all hell. I, uh, I like Zelina. I've got nothing against Zelina, but like the fucking entrance gear she had last night, all the armor made her look dwarven. Uh, it was some kind of anime reference because uh, oh, was it? Our, yeah, I think uh, I'd know. <laughs> one one of our uh, Brent, one of our one of my friends uh, pointed it out, and okay. I'm like, I don't. That's not my realm of uh, of knowledge. Also, but, uh, yeah. not the best haircut on her. I don't know what's going on there. It was a lot of fucking hair. It looked yeah, yeah. it was weird. So Sonya Deville comes out at number eleven, and she had explained this thing on the pre-show that when she's wearing her jacket, she's an official. And when her jacket is off, she's a performer. So because she okay. didn't take her jacket off, she got to just hang out on commentary. Great. Why did she do this until there was one person left in the ring? I ask you. Because she's stupid. Attention at home. Yeah. Because this is stupid. And nothing matters. Natalia entered at 12. I missed the entrance because I decided to pee. Uh-huh. Um, Bianca Belair. She had a nice uh, spiky jacket. Oh, hey, good for her. Good for good her. For her. Uh, yeah, Bianca spikes. tried eliminating her. Tamina made the save again. Who the fuck knows or cares why? Why? Um, well, they were a tag team, weren't they? Tag team champions. Uh, yeah, but even still, it's it's everyone for themselves. And right after Natalia ends up uh, eliminating Tamina, so who cares? Um, mm-hmm. Cameron comes out at thirteen because we're supposed to care about the return of the girl. Didn't know how to actually pin someone. Yeah, Funk Funk was on a roll for about. Uh, she was probably in the ring. For under 30 seconds. Yes, because this is when Sonya Deville decides to enter the match. And of course, so, I mean, has, has there been some kind of beef between Sonya Deville and Naomi? Is that what spawned no, this? No, Sonya Deville has an issue. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking if she had an issue with Cameron. No, she's had an issue with Naomi. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah. obviously Cameron being the other Funkadactyl from yeah. back in the day. Which who the fuck cares or remembers? Yeah. I was starting to worry that Tyrus was going to show up yeah. in the Rumble well, with the yeah, way they I mean, were trying to run back the Funkadactyls. They've got an Impact champion. Why not get an NWA champion in there? Yeah. Uh, well, they have yeah. NWA's own Melina in this match. Why not? Oh, is she in NWA? Yeah, yeah. She's NWA and Impact right now. Yeah, she's been working. Melina out. is? Yeah, Melina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh then naomi comes out uh she hits a disaster kick on the head of naomi or excuse me, on, on sony deville and you know sony gets eliminated yay carmella enters at 15 but does not actually enter the ring she's okay. got people prepping her gear at the timekeepers area sure i i don't fucking know and then looking all of like danhausen here comes Rhea Ripley at number 16. <laughs> Very brutal housing. Yes. This is her brutality housing. Uh, Rhea Ripley chucks Carmella in the ring. And then uh, Carmella, Zelina, and Natalia beat up on Rhea until Rhea uh, fights them off. Eliminates both Zelina and Carmella with the most slopdick dropkick I've ever seen. It was pretty terrible. Very bad. Charlotte comes out at 17. Um, Ivory comes out at 18 in the right to censor gear. Yeah. Which I appreciated as a deep cut, but that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. And this and is true. Ivory at 60 looks fucking amazing. 
She does. She does look really good. She hasn't lost any of her confidence. I mean, Ivory was on Glow and not the Netflix series. Yeah. The original Glow. fucking Glow. <laughs> so she's uh, seasoned. We'll, yes. we'll put it that way. But also, you know, she kind of just did the right to censor thing, which I'm sure Vince had a hard on about, yeah. um, you know, and then just immediately got got pushed out by, yeah, just who, by Rhea up. Ripley or something. Yeah, yeah, Rhea Ripley basically picked her up and gently put her on the apron. Right. And, and then gently shoved her off. Yeah. Uh, it, it basically, they, they, they treated her very gently, which, you yeah. know, probably not a bad idea. Um, sure. Brie Bella hits on 19. Fuck that dick. <laughs> uh, fuck that dick. Echoing across the uh, the arena. Uh, Brie looked good. I liked the jumpsuit look. I thought that was cool. Um, it was fine. And the, then she did the pandering with the yes chance. Yeah, which like, I thought was a little like, oh, come on. Come on. That's not your thing. Come on. Um, then out comes Mickey James uh, with her hardcore country song playing. Yeah, the um, Impact Women's Champion. How about well, that? See, that's the thing. She was announced as, and they had the the on-screen graphic, the lower mm-hmm. third, calling her the Impact Women's Champion. Is that not the name of the title? The name of the title is the Impact Knockouts World Championship. Uh, <laughs> that's right. They so, go by knockouts. Yeah. Eh, um, well, you know, so no trash explode. bag reference. I mean, look, Mickey got over big. Crowd legitimately seemed hype for her, and she seemed to be having the time of her life, so I'm not going to shit too hard on it, but it's like, that's not being a good partner, guys. That's, well, that, that's getting What the wrong. fuck did you expect? Uh, you know what? Honestly, they probably did more than I should have expected, so. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, having her there. Alicia Fox runs in at 21. Uh, she apparently, since her time away from the ring, forgot how to work punches, so she's just potatoing everybody. Uh, Nikki Ash comes out at 22, entering through the crowd because she's a heel now, because of course she is. Summer Rae entered at 23 with her forehead entering at 23 and a half. Oh my God. That was seven head. Jesus yeah. Christ. What happened to her fucking hairline? I, she looked like Devin know. Townsend. It was not good. Nikki Bella comes out at 24. Sarah Logan coming out at 25 for whatever the fuck reason looking all of like she just had a baby because she did <laughs> um, and then there was supposed to be like this big great moment where uh, she and Liv got the hug in the middle of the ring uh-huh. uh, they got eliminated by Bri and Nikki crowd booze and uh, Liv and Sasha or not Sasha Liv and Sarah end up hugging outside the ring which the cameras completely missed so there was a lot the great emotional moment night. there yeah amidst all the camera cuts they missed yeah. multiple eliminations and moments Lita comes out in 26 looking ready for a ska revival <laughs> very she was on scala day from work <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, Molly Holly le- left the gr- uh, position on Gorilla to come out at 27 as my uh, Molly then gets absolutely murked yeah. by Nikki A.S.H. Because, of course, you got to beat up the other superhero because that's they what superheroes only, do. They, they can only other. be one fake superhero. And it was time to ask questions because here comes Ronda Rousey at 28. No one, Chris, I mean, no one will step to her on her turf, wink, as Rhonda uh, comes out and attacks uh, everybody, um, eliminates Nikki Ash, and uh, <laughs> Brie, uh, Brie ends up eliminating Nikki Bella, Shotzi comes out at 29 to a bunch of people going, who? Yeah. And then Shayna Baszler comes out at 30, and for a brief moment, I remember when Shayna Baszler was good. Uh, yeah. Rousey, very happy to see her. Uh, then we had our final four of, uh, um, oh God, who was it? It was, uh, Rousey, Lita. Sheena, Charlotte. Yeah. It was, uh, Charlotte, Rousey, Lita, and, um, Rhea Ripley. Rhea oh, Rhea. Four. That's right. Um, and, uh, it ended up being down to Charlotte and Ronda Rousey and Ronda, uh, counters big boot and eliminates Charlotte to win the rumble match. And Rousey points at the sign to indicate she's going to WrestleMania as fireworks go off around the sign. And in a fun moment, you didn't catch it home, but maybe you saw on Twitter by now, the sign caught on fire. It, there's, there's not much more of an indicative image 
of WWE in 2020 than the WrestleMania sign catching on fire. I mean, that is that's pretty much that's pretty much it with Vince McMahon, you know, uh, sitting around the fire saying this is fine. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Ronda was probably easily the biggest star that anyone reacted to in the match. She looked like she had not trained a single day off. Nope. Um, her, uh, you know, very much the Alicia Fox, Shane McMahon school of, well, if I don't know how to fake a punch, I might as well have real punch. Um, and, uh, it sounds like that's, that's where, oh, you're going to love this. A little bit of information from this morning's Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, In addition to the clear path we have now of Charlotte versus Ronda for the SmackDown Women's Championship coming up uh, this year at WrestleMania, uh, the agreement is that in 2023, Ronda will go on one with Becky Lynch. Wow. So she's only doing WrestleMania matches now? Oh, no, she's going to be around the whole time in between, or Great. at least most of the time in between. She's not doing house shows, and she's probably not doing all TVs, but... Cool. She's signed for a full year. Um, all right. So, uh, while they quickly tried to evacuate part of the crowd because of the fire raining down from the <laughs> sky, uh, they played some video packages, and we got the Raw Women's Championship match between Becky Lynch and Dewdrop. Chris, you saw the video package that explained how he got here. Chris, you watched the match. Who was the face? I I don't know. I, I know that the video package played. I can't say I paid attention to it. I was more scrolling through Twitter to see uh, footage of the sign on fire because that was that kind of overtook uh, both my attention and the attention of the entire fucking arena who died a terrible death during that match yeah. as they were focused on the sign burning in section 102. But do you- who was the face you ask? Yes. Um. Uh. Can I can I phone a friend? No, you cannot. Can I, uh, can I get a, well, I already got a 50-50, I guess. Shit. Uh, I guess Becky? Mm. I'm sorry. She was not the face in the match. Okay. Was, uh, was, was, uh, the referee the face? Cause. <laughs> no, referees don't count. They don't have names anymore. Okay. What about, uh, was, was, was Dewdrop supposed to be the face? No, she was not. Okay. So, so what you're saying is there was no face in this match. None. Okay. <laughs> None at all. All right. Great idea. Yeah. And look, the ladies worked hard. Uh, I was reminded that, oh, yeah, Dewdrop actually knows how to work. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, some of the some of the moves, there were some big moves. Uh, but again, you know, the, the match just died a thousand deaths because nobody gave a shit about it. It was, yeah. it was just uh, it, it was a suspect choice putting a women's match right after the w- women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Becky is such a top tier talent and she's a great personality. And yeah, uh, I don't know if you watched any of the uh, probably not because you were probably heading home. But if you watched any of the uh, Broken Skull sessions with her and definitely not uh, Steve Austin, um, she just seems like a great gal. And uh, man, none of that's coming through anymore. So <laughs> big time work, X. guys. Great Killing work. Any goodwill she had. Yeah. Um, Manhandle slam off the middle rope for the pin uh, in just under yeah. 13 minutes for Becky Lynch. Then after one of the best video packages I've seen in ages on WWE programming, it was time for our boy, Bobbert Lasciarelli. Hey, hey, Bobby. To get a WWE championship match against Bork Laser. Um, <laughs> Paul Heyman out with Bork and MVP out with Bobbert. Um this was the Paul Heyman books, a Brock Lesnar match special. Uh, yeah. T- you know, fuck the limb work. We're going right to the finishing stretch. Yeah. And uh, we're throwing bombs. The suplexes or the, the yeah, every move is a suplex or, or a strike. And that's, that's it. I kind of, you know, for as long as we've wanted this match and as, as long as, you know, it's been hyped. Yeah. I feel like it really, even before the the ref bumps and shenanigans, this was kind of underwhelming as to what it could have been. Yeah, you and know, I was yeah. wondering if if uh, Lashley got hurt because he definitely landed right on his head at a point. And well, I'll, yeah, he was taking, taking, taking those German shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we noted that we didn't know if it was uh, if it was intentional, if he didn't want to take him flat back. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, um, but it was noticeable. 
And and it was very weird that like this awesome build that they had, at least video package wise, you know, the, yeah. the road on Raw was suspect as always, but it was of this match that they didn't plan on having. They sort of fell face first into it because of all the, the changes that happened on day one. Yeah. They um they they had literally proposed this match to sign back Bobby Lashley when he was leaving Impact. And coming back into the WWE, this was this was what was Three dangled in front ago? of him. Yeah. yeah. And they'd never done it. Right. So, you know, finally this was happening. And it, it definitely seemed like one of those things like, all right, Bobby, be careful what you wish for, because this is the version you're getting. And it landed into the backdrop of the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman story. Yeah. Because uh, the finish was uh, Lesnar goes for an F5. While Lashley is twirling out of the F5, his legs hit the referee. Down goes the ref. We get a visible, was it, eight count uh, from the At crowd? Least. Yeah. So Roman Reigns runs in, spears Brock Lesnar. Reigns looks back at Paul Heyman, who he had uh, Superman punched and dismissed mm-hmm. earlier this year. And Reigns hands Heyman, or sorry, Heyman hands Reigns the WWE World Championship. Crowd loses their shit. Reigns hits Lesnar with the belt, and Heyman and Reigns leave together. Bobbert crawls on top of uh, Bork Laser, gets the As another counts. ref runs down at yeah, the perfect runs time. Runs down right past the guys who had just interfered in the match. Of course. Yeah, like, oh, hey, wait, what are you yeah. doing here? It doesn't matter. Oh, we don't have monitors in the back. No. Oh, Minus idiotic. the ones that we all look at at a three-quarter perspective view. Yeah, it was, it was some slapdick shit. And then uh, one, two, three, uh, Bobby's the new champ. Okay. Much like the opening match, you had me there for a while, guys, and then you just fucked it up. And I'm like, all right, cool. We're going we're gonna to finally go to the men's rumble. Nope, there was an entire match I forgot about. Yeah, then this match. Putting was, this match on at 1030 at night was not a smart move. No, nobody was fucking into this match. It was uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix against Miz and Maurice. The Bloods grit versus Crips. Yeah, the, the grit couple is the nickname for Edge and Beth is real dumb. It, oh, I didn't hear that. That's hit. That's fucking terrible. Yes, I did. They, I did. We're proposing uh, it as the grit couple versus the it couple. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking just shoot me um i did appreciate beth's uh luna vishan inspired get up oh i wasn't sure if she was doing luna or Buna, uh, bull nakano it felt like maybe a little of both oh yeah I, the hair more was kind of what yeah made that, me was, think luna. that was more luna fair point yeah um but i i, I like i liked their matching gear a lot more than the uh mrs's um, yeah the mizanins is yeah i mean um, Reese's titties popping all over the place. Yes, of course. Can't hate that, but yeah, yeah. Hard, yeah. hard to hate on that. They worked hard, and you know everybody played the role right. But I did not give a single iota of shit of this. No, because there was no way the Mizanas were winning this. Yeah, uh, and uh, they didn't because uh, it was a double glam slam for the victory. Did not. Yeah, agree. I thought they'd do double spears personally. But, they did before. Well, true, but I, I thought that would yeah. end up being the finish. Yeah, and uh, Edge's uh, glam slam nowhere near as uh, as as good and smooth as uh, as Beth's. I mean, granted, Miz weighs a little bit more than. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> than Maurice, but then we had the most suspect one-two punch in video package history on WWE programming. You had a video package explaining that the next premium live event would be coming <laughs> from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. It is the Elimination Chamber, so of course yeah. they had to counteract that, much like you would, uh, I don't know, a, a big tall glass of water after you accidentally drink toothpaste or drink uh, orange juice with toothpaste. Uh, they decided to do a multi-minute video package on a guy who fought in Afghanistan. Yeah, I guess it's part of their community outreach sort of thing. And then it felt like you know, it was it, fucking community service. It, just, yeah, it was, it was, it was a little long and out of place. Um, and again, and then, we're, we're approaching 11 o'clock at this point. I'm just like, ah, yeah. fuck me. Yeah. Why is this? Ha- no, you know, bless the dude for doing what he did and serving our country and all that fun shit. I don't know why this was on our television for what felt like 10 goddamn minutes. It probably well, was three and a half. Yeah. Oh God. I, I don't know why it happened. Bit of an eternity there. Yes. And then we got to the fireworks factory, the main event of the evening, the men's Royal rumble match. 
first two gentlemen are AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. And all I could think was, hey, remember when we looked forward to this pairing? Yeah, yeah. I remember when they were, you know, had big matches in uh, New Japan uh, <laughs> and all that. Uh, jo- Question uh, to you, Chris. AJ yeah. having all the kanji on his gear. Is that cultural appropriation? Uh, <laughs> I'll just vote yes and move on. <laughs> uh, he and Nakamura beat the crap out of each other while uh, Pat McAfee stood on top of the announce table. Um, that's not a joke. That's no. That, yeah, that, I did that happen, that. folks. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Austin Theory came in at three with, as they called him, Bob Rude entered at four. They called him Bob. I totally yeah. missed that. Uh, don't uh, don't don't gloss over the joke he made via text for Austin Theory. Because <laughs> yeah, he was, came uh, in at three, and I I, I texted Chris. <laughs> I would have thought that Austin Theory would have tried to insert himself in the team somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Top marks, my friend. Top Thank marks. Thank you. Thank you, folks. You. Um, Bobbert, Rude, and AJ Styles faced off each other, which got a TNA chant, which was just surreal. Yeah, it was the ghost of TNA pass at that point because Styles was in there. Yeah. And then you had uh, Rude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, wait, was that what you said? Yes. I'm totally fucking lost. No, um, it's okay. Rich I'm, already, I'm already checked out of this men's recap. <laughs> Rich Holland entered in at five to make an entire crowd of 44,000 people go. Who? Who? Yeah. Uh, first of many times they would do so as Montez Ford entered at six. Yeah. Uh, Damian Priest comes in at seven. Uh, that's the uh, non-Union Mexican equivalent, Baron Corbin. Hey, yes, indeed it is. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and also now he's got uh, a whole angel demon gimmick going on. And I learned during his promo we cut during the pre-show that he sounds eerily like low-key when he talks. So Ooh. that I found very entertaining. Oh, boy. Sami Zayn came in at 8, which, of course, brought Johnny Knoxville out at 9, which means I probably need to hit this. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville got arguably the biggest pop of anyone in the Rumble up until Easily. that point. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 no doubt. And, and uh, you know what? I got to say, uh, did a hell of a job. He really did. He he took his. He went all in. He took his bumps. He and Zayn were beating the shit out of each other, yeah. much like Zayn and Owens used to. Yeah. Styles beat the fuck out of Knoxville. He's fine with it. Montez Ford hit a frog splash, took it like a champ. Yep. Uh, and then uh, got he uh, got eliminated uh, by a haluva kick uh, mm-hmm. off the apron, and yeah. that was that. I, I thought there's going to possibly be more shenaniganry with uh, who was there. I think it was Steve-O, Chris Pontius, and uh, Wee Man. I think. Uh, was that Steve-O on the right? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Um, no, I don't know. But he may have been there. I, I feel like that was the crew that was there. I I thought there was gonna be a bit more. Is Chris Pontius um, the big guy? He's not the big guy. No, no. He no, was no. one of the Wild Boys, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, the big one of the big Preston, right? Oh, that, Preston Lacey was he there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I thought he was a big guy. Did yeah. I see a big guy there? Yeah. Well, we're I don't know if I can know. Uh, <laughs> Angelo Dawkins comes out at ten. So and... half-assed my way through this. God. Angelo Dawkins comes out at 10, and thankfully the Titan Tron made it clear who he was, saying Montez Ford. I noticed that as well. I was like, oh, maybe it's written underneath, and like, nope, nope, just nope, says Montez just Ford. Montez Ford. Yep, so sure, he felt great about that. Of, uh, Missouri, very confused. Yeah. yeah. Uh, almost comes out at 11, quickly eliminates both Dawkins and Ford. And uh, Richard O'Shea comes out at 12, where I go, oh, yeah, that guy's still hired. Yeah, what is, uh, what, what's a pity. And uh, almost gets to do the whole uh, Kane and Big Show. My God, he's so big. How could he be eliminated? Bit. Yeah. Um, Chad Gable comes out at 13 and he puts together a plan for everyone to eliminate almost. Ultimately, that happened. Here comes Dominic Mysterio at 14. Then Happy Corbin hits at 15. Dolph Ziggler comes out at 16. Entered more rumbles than anyone besides Kane officially. Which is kind of fucking crazy. Yep. Uh, Dominic gets eliminated by Corbin. AJ Styles eliminates Austin Theory, who had been in there by about 30 minutes at that point. Uh, Sheamus uh, enters at 17. Rick Books comes out at 18, looking like a 1920s strongman as they've cut his hair and put him in an ugly single-color singlet. Yeah, it's kind of hideous, but god damn, his upper body is in fucking sane. Yeah, that, all the more reason to put him in a singlet. Hide that. <laughs> Makes total sense. Madcap yeah. Moss comes out wearing uh, suspenders and no shirt, which is a hell of a look. Um, oh, God. Corbin and Moss start becoming the actual Kane and Big Show and just randomly eliminating people. 
Riddle enters at 20. Then Drew McIntyre comes out at 21 after a serious neck injury, which I have a feeling he isn't really over, but came back from anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, He eliminates uh, uh, Corbin and Moss because that was the storyline that put him out. Owens comes out at 22 with a nice pop. Rey Mysterio enters at 23, which I found particularly funny because the whole thing they were building up on Raw the past few weeks was that Dominic was going to try to eliminate Rey. And they didn't even get to be in the match together. (laughs) Awesome. Kofi Kingston comes out at 24. Owens pushes him into the barricade. And both of Kofi's feet hit the floor. Yeah, I feel like, didn't he already do this spot, though? He did did already do this spot. I don't know what the extended plan was. What I do know is he was supposed to be doing a whole bunch of spots with Big E. And he fucked up. And they called attention to him fucking up. So, therefore, the ref had to actually acknowledge it and eliminate him. Yeah, that's just that's just stupidity. Why would you shoot it from an angle that, you know, shows it could fuck up? Yeah. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd be rolling on it and, yeah. you know, capture it to show back. on recaps, but cover your asses for something like this. I mean, granted, Kofi, this is his first miss, I think, yeah. of one of these in, crazy. In all these years. Yeah, which, you know, typically you count you, you on the guy to do it. And I don't know if it was, you know, just he didn't get a good grip or if KO didn't push him hard. I don't know. I don't know where's the blame or if it was just, you know, it's a tough fucking spot to do. So, you know, it, a lot can go wrong. And, you know, nobody bats a thousand. Yeah. And this was his uh, his strikeout here. So yeah. so they, they had to book some things on the fly after this point because Big E was supposed to do all of these crazy. Is he eliminated? Is he not eliminated spots? Um, Otis comes out at 25, looking like a gigantic shaven baby. Um, it's a King Kong Bundy. Yeah, he, he looks rough. Uh, yeah, the, looking... Having him shave his beard was not a good call. No. Um, Big E comes out at 26. Uh, then Bad Bunny comes out at 27. Yeah. And for some reason, Bad Bunny ends up being one of the final five competitors in the Rumble this year. It's, uh, you know, it's got over billions of spins on Spotify, so why not, right? Don't get me wrong. Much like Johnny Knoxville. Punched above his grade in terms of being a celebrity appearance. Sure. Hit his spots. They all look good. Still don't know why he had to be one of the final five. No celebrity should be in the final five. Well, I can tell you someone who shouldn't have been in the final four. Shane McMahon, who came out at 28. Yeah, the one surprise return. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Very, very weird. He comes out at 28. Randy Orton comes out at 29. Uh-huh. Big pop from his hometown crowd. Sure. Uh, then Lesnar comes out at 30. And, and at that point, everybody knows what's going to happen next. Exactly. Lesnar beats the crap out of people, eliminates Orton. Uh, F5's Bad Bunny eliminates him, then eliminates Riddle and Shane. The final two were Lesnar and McIntyre, and somebody said something to someone and said, oh, shit, we're almost out of time. So there was an F5 outside the ring from Lesnar and McIntyre, and Bork Laser wins the Royal Rumble. Chris! Yeah. How the fuck did Brock end up in the Rumble when he went in as a champion? And how did he get the coveted number 30 spot? Uh, he's Brock Lesnar. He gets what he wants. He probably he probably threatened somebody behind the scenes or oh. um, that's really the only logical thing kayfabe wise that would make sense. Other than this was obviously the plan from the, from the get go. Right. Uh, just very weird from a kayfabe standpoint, the idea that the world champion would you know, without declaring in advance would be in the rumble would have a number. Th- like, couldn't I mean, they have shown him like beating the shit out of who? Like exactly. Our truth is number 30, right? Or like, maybe our truth is number 30. And Brock convinces him that the rumble is next month in Saudi Arabia. So our truth, right? Like you could make a fucking yeah. skit out of it. Cause that's what they do with everything. Like there, there are so many, and, and this is the problem with the show is well, one of the problems with the show as a whole. It's lazy. There are so many more interesting ways you can get to the same destination and yeah. they take none of them. No. Yeah. It's the same old shit over and over and over again. And you get no one over in the process. You had a women's rumble where they had to have, I believe it was 13 of the women were, you know, part-timers uh, or returns or, something. or returns or something like that. Uh, you had the, the men's rumble where it was abundantly clear throughout numerous segments that the audience looked at who was in the ring and goes, Oh, none of those guys are going to win. Yeah. I mean, uh, just as I'm thinking back of the 30 men, okay. Styles. Mm-hmm. I could, I could have seen winning. 
um, Orton. Yeah. Obviously, Lesnar. Um, <laughs> I'd say McIntyre and Big E are really the Big other e, two. Yeah, Big E, McIntyre, and then maybe Sheamus is always kind of there. But yeah. I don't I, – I, you know, Sheamus wouldn't have – there's no reason for him to have, you know, been in that spot right now. Maybe, uh, maybe Owens, but – I would have loved – yeah. For, for that to have been the case, especially since he just signed a new fresh happy deal for mm-hmm. Buku Bucks. But, um, you know, I, I was never holding my breath for that. I really did. I, I really did hope Big E pulled it out. Yeah. I, and, Until and, Brock Lesnar's music hit and then I knew. Yeah. But but even in that, I, I, I look at the, the destination they went and how they got there. We, you and I were texting before uh, the show. Uh, and we were talking about, you know, Rhonda being in and, and everything. And I said, oh, well, what I think is going to happen is Charlotte and Rhonda end up eliminating each other and Bianca Belair wins because they're very clearly going to build to Bianca yeah. versus Becky for Mania. And then the other side on the women's SmackDown yeah. uh, championship, it's going to be Charlotte and, and uh, Rhonda. So you have a reason for Rhonda and Charlotte to want to go against each other. Yeah. And then you have someone getting over in. Uh, uh, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair. Even though Bianca just won last year, fuck it, run it back. Why not? She's a fucking superstar. She's the EST, so she's the winningest too. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, so I I was looking at this. I'm like, okay, well, you know, obviously we have to get to the fireworks factory of Roman versus Brock at Mania because they're doing it again. The the I think it's the fourth time. Maybe it's the third. I don't know. But they've yeah. done it a lot over the past. Eight years, eight years is what we counted. Years. I think on the Patreon. <laughs> if you gave Big E the win, and I don't know, he went against Seth or he went against Bobby Lashley. Hell, yeah, Big E versus Bobby Lashley. It's a hell the of a match. First WrestleMania main event for a men's championship, both African American. Yeah, that's a fucking main event you can set your watch to. You can make a big thing, fucking go on ESPN and talk about how it's a historic moment for sports entertainment. Blah 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 blah. There you go. You can figure out how to get to, to Brock versus Roman through the fucking Saudi Arabia show. Yeah. Instead, yeah. Brock Lesnar shows up, Brock and a Brock, Brock wins, Brock's going to Mania, and the fucking sign's on fire again. Legit. Yeah. The sign was yeah. on fire a second fucking time. I guess apparently former UFC superstars pointing at the WrestleMania sign causes it to spontaneously combust. That's really the only math that, that puts that together. I guess so. And, and and the thing that is just so disappointing is they had uh, Io Shirai traveling with the crew. They had Dakota Kai traveling with the crew. They had uh, uh, Tommaso Ciampa. They had Pete Dunne. They had L.A. Knight. Wow. They, they could have had Braun Breaker pop up. Like, no one from NXT was involved nope. this year. No. Nope. Not, not even sniffing near it. Mm-mm. It says a lot to me, and this is 100% true, because it was during the commercial last night on the show, that the slogan for NXT 2.0 is, as close as it gets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never never get those big brights, man. Never. The big bright lights. Ever. Unless you are Brock, you are Roman, you are Becky, you are Rhonda, you are Charlotte. Everyone else can fuck off. And those names I just mentioned, your EO, your Dakota, yeah. your Roddy Strong, he was doing dark matches, your LA Knight, your Ciampa, your Pete Dunn. Get those fucking resumes ready, kids. Yeah. Because April's coming sooner than you think. Yeah, T-Bar. <laughs> Tighten up. Yeah. <laughs> Tighten it up here, all right? Just what a it. depressing four-hour cavalcade of everything wrong with the main roster on WWE right now. It was a waterfall of shit. It was, it was, it was, you know, it, it was just a garbage pay-per-view. And then one of the, you know, I, I usually will be like, okay, Royal Rumble, you know, like you said yeah. earlier, it's hard to fuck up a Royal Rumble. Yeah. This was one of the most bland, unexciting Royal Rumble matches I've seen in a very long time. That they if made not the ever. Royal Rumble work better on a closed fucking set in front of television monitors. Yeah. Versus a jam-packed stadium filled with 44,000 super spreaders and their friends. Yeah. What the fuck? 
nothing memorable about it unless you count Rousey's return as memorable. And I sure as shit don't because yeah. I remember Ronda Rousey. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago she was gone. Yeah, no, it's only so she's only been gone a couple years. Um or I don't even remember how long it's been. 2019 Mania. That was her last match. That was her last match cuz she she dropped the three-way. They had the right. fucked up finish that people thought was going to lead to a future match. It right. never did. Right, right, right. And you know, then COVID hit, so obviously nothing for 2020, nothing for 2021. She popped Yeah, but she doesn't kid. believe in COVID, so... Well, I, you know, I don't know about that one. I, I tried no? finding uh, info on that one. I do know she asked questions about certain hooks from the beach, and, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, again, yeah. she's very strong on her turf. But, yes. uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Chris, uh, we, she sucks. we rambled sucks. on about the shithouse show for a while. Uh, we're almost at an hour. Do you want to dig in AEW this week? Do we want to have some sense of positivity? Or do we want to just end on a pure nihilistic view of everything sucks and we hate pro wrestling? <laughs> well, I, I don't hate pro wrestling. I hate sports entertainment. You know, fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Um, there were some highlights from uh, Dynamite. And... Had to hit the button. Had yeah. To. No, there were Dynamite was really bookended. By killer matches. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we don't have to dig into everything that happened, but uh, I, I would I would hate to have not at least mentioned one of the – we'll go down as one of the all-time ladder matches. I, I, Absolutely. I, I'm going to say between Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, we liked – or especially me, like to talk a lot of shit about uh, Rhodes, comma, Cody. But dude went out there. He fucking sh- showed his ass and took every bit of uh, – uh, insane offense that Sammy was willing to sacrifice his body to dish out. Yeah. Um, the the cutter, yes, the double of- jump cutter from Sammy Guevara onto Cody Rhodes. Insane. That that I, I recognize we are in such a a fast paced you know gif culture of moves yeah. and spots and everything. And I know we've talked about crazy spots. They're like, oh, that's one for the record books. If that does not get on par with like. The first Jeff Hardy swanton off of a giant ladder, yeah. or the mankind off the cell, like yeah, the the degree of which that could have gone terribly wrong, horribly wrong, like paralyzingly wrong. However, it looked effortlessly perfect. Sammy's so smooth, man. I mean, that is the kid is the kid's fucking butter. Um, and the the swanton he took off the big ladder oh, onto Cody, Jesus. and then like. Essentially, the 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 physics of it flipped him over so that he face planted on the floor afterwards. Yeah. Like, holy shit, dude! It was it was an all timer. Very very good. And you know, the right choice was made in in you know giving Sammy the rub back. I'm not sure why we needed to go through all these different hoops yeah. to get Sammy as champion again, but he's got another shot with the title, and hopefully, because it looks like the inner circle is kind of imploding here. Thankfully, yeah. finally, uh, Sammy can can do his shit and be on his own and, and make the name for himself as, you know, one of the pillars of the, of the new, you know, new look AEW. Yeah. That, that, that right there was hands down uh, a very early match of the year candidate. Just sure. Uh, balls out. Oh, and I'd be remiss without saying, Hey, if you look at the, the top 10 list of the best matches from uh, voices of wrestling, you might see some insight from your boy. So, yeah. Uh, I forgot to fill mine out, but congratulations <laughs> for uh, remembering yours. Yeah, uh, some some of my blurbs were were featured, so I felt pretty good about that. Um, the other match uh, that uh, anchored Beach Break uh, on Wednesday was the lights out match between Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. I I will say, in terms of the uh, lexicon of lights out matches, probably not top A number one. No, um, but it was a very very fun plunder filled brawl, uh, which had a, a very focused Orange Cassidy. And well, uh, really, the most important part yes. of that whole thing, yes, and was beyond the being very fun, the debut of Danhausen, yes, it became very evil, very nice, very evil, yes. and it was just totally fucking, just it was just sublimely bizarre, yes, like Danhausen under the ring, holding onto a chair that Adam Cole pulls out, yeah, and then he just he just stands there, does his and the arena chance for him, yeah. I mean, th- there's your sign right there that this was uh, uh, yeah. a good Call Bill, choice. Bill Engvall. There's your sign. <laughs> there's your sign. Um, yeah. I mean, the crowd started chanting Danhausen, 
he did he said nothing yeah absolutely he, nothing he and then the he just curse finger and curse just, finger and then nonchalantly walked away which yeah. was the best just in the background just eh, yeah. okay i did my part i'm walking yeah. to the back to be weird yeah just uh, wonderful yeah and if you're telling me they're going to use dan Housen in 2022 the way they use arch cassidy in 2019 here yeah. for it yeah just have dan Housen in random locations like one of my all-time favorite spots was uh, I, I forget who uh, it was a bathroom uh, pro- brawl, right? Yeah, yeah, it was proud and powerful brawling with somebody, yeah. and they open up uh, a bathroom to brawl in there, and uh, OC's just standing there, hanging just out, just standing there. Yeah, a, a wild orange Cassidy has appeared. Yeah, yeah. that's what you do with Dan Alves. He just throws out random curses, yeah, and then and then walks away. That, that's all you got to do. Uh, but it, it was a, a fun brawl. Uh, the finish was uh, pretty damn perfect uh, yeah. for this. It looked gnarly. like that. Uh, uh, Adam Cole was going to hit uh, a um, Panama Sunrise off of the uh, face tunnel uh-huh. uh, as he gets up there and looks to what he is expecting to be a prone Orange Cassidy. OC, not there. Instead, he's climbing up behind him on top of said tunnel, then gives him the old best friend's hug, and you got to give the people what they want. And in this case, it was a stage dive yeah. through the stage, which had Orange Cassidy on top. He gets the pin. One, two, three. And yes, it doesn't count on either of their records, but uh, OC wins the war on Wednesday. Smart, smart, smart choice. You know, once it was announced as a lights out match and the record wouldn't matter, you knew which way it was going. So, but it didn't diminish my enjoyment of the match at all. I, I enjoyed the the spots in there, you know, the the in, um, interference, which you knew was going to happen, happened, yeah. but then stopped and the two guys continued. They had a brawl back in the go position and everything. It was, you know, Adam Cole used one of the expensive uh, stage lights to, to smack uh, OC in the face. It yeah. was, uh, there was, there was some good stuff in there. So, so that was good. Um, the other, I guess, notable things is that we're getting punk and mjf next week yeah that's Uh, the the big main event in chicago on wednesday during a very long segment that did not have to be as long uh as it did but (sighs) certainly won the ratings though so uh yeah more of those um i get it but uh punk mjf will be on wednesday nyla rose and ruby soho to continue their issue from the tbs championship tournament and the bit that made your boys real excited, the House of Black of Aleister yes. Black and Brody King will be facing off with the Black, uh, the uh, Dark Triangle, uh, uh, sorry, Death, Death Triangle, Triangle duo, duo of uh, Pac and Penta, which yeah. should absolutely fucking rule. It uh, should. The only issue with that is somebody has to lose. And yeah, I, yeah, that's... <laughs> That it's that gonna, is a difficult part. It's I, gonna be it's gonna be Penta, I think. It's Penta gonna be well, yeah. It's gonna be Penta and Pac because that's not the as we learned when uh, Death Triangle was feuding with the Elite. It only really works when you have the prime version of the team. You need yeah. Penta and Phoenix in a tag match, and you need Pac in a singles match. That's that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. Or, or a combination thereof in a trio. Which reminds me, if you want to add a third person to House of Black, fucking let's go. I mean, it could be Danhausen for all I care. Just let's. <laughs> Let's get let's get that going. Let's have trios tournaments. Let's do the damn thing. <laughs> I feel like adding Danhausen to the House of Black is something that happens after the House of Black has been around for a while and they've done all the the dark, yeah. evil, moody things, and yeah, then yeah. they start they're, they're going face. Then yeah, and then you start to see them react to Danhausen's just oddity, uh, yeah. and I feel like that's where you know when when they need fresh. Um, a fresh coat of paint on them or, you know, a fresh idea. That's, that's where you go. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, if they do add a third, I don't know who's out there off the top of my head that would fit. Uh, and I don't really care to think about it too hard right oh. now. Oh, oh, well, of course. I mean, if, if you're going to build up the house of black, you need somebody from the house of torture, fucking evil and Dick Togo. Let's, let's okay. start choking people out live on TBS. Come on, right. Chris. All right, hit the button. I'm going to come to your house and choke you out because of that. <laughs> you son of a bitch. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers!
This is the, the Roughhouse, Roughhouse uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Roughhouse podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. Are you a member of a wrestling organization's creative team? Stumped on how to bring that storyline to an earth-shattering crescendo? That's where I come in. My name is Wallace Terwilliger Fogg Hattinson, and I created the Hey, Fuck It consultants to help you figure out how to keep your fans guessing and those stupid-ass bloggers and podcasters at bay. Don't know how to save Sting from the Four Horsemen? Eh, fuck it. Here's RoboCop. Do you have an awesome diva and a great love quadrangle but don't know where to take it next? Eh, fuck it. Make her general manager. Is your superstar feuding with a monster whose ex-girlfriend is dead? Eh, fuck it. Have your guy molest her corpse. Does your porn star wrestler have a feud with a Japanese stable? Eh, fuck it. We choppy choppy UPP. Eh, fuck it consultants are available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to give you the idea that seemed too obvious, ridiculous, or just plain fucking stupid for you to come up with on your own. Do you have a comedic foreign wrestler who wants to be Miss WrestleMania? Eh, fuck it. Dress him up in drag and have him become Miss Goddamned WrestleMania. Did two of your biggest talents jump ship to a rival company? Eh, fuck it. Bring in two bloated quasi lookalikes to take their place. You have a relationship between a former Olympian black guy and an 80-year-old chick? Eh, fuck it. Have her give birth to a plastic fucking hand. A plastic fucking hand. Don't know who to reveal as the anonymous general manager of your flagship show? Eh, fuck it. Let the little Irish guy, who we already suggested to be the illegitimate son of the owner of your motherfucking organization, be revealed as a GM while hiding under the goddamn ring. I'm Wallace Terwilliger Fogg Hattinson, and I formed Eh, Fuck It Consultants. We'll help you give zero fucks about your product, zero fucks about your fans, and zero fucks about your talent. Call now, 1-877-E-H-F-U-C-K-I-T. Eh, fuck it.